In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I've got 99 problems. An internal bleeding ain't one, hopefully. Whether Italian streetwear or mafia slutwear, this ITAL is always ready to put out a hit. I just realized it's like what if it's a hundred people in the room, blah blah blah. <laughs> Lady Gaga Italians is the theme of this episode. Mamma mia! Oh my god, I'm a pizza bagel, and you're. <laughs> I'm. Are you just, I'm just straight a fucking, Italian? I'm just a fucking meatball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, welcome to Andy's Girls. You've got your carbs. You got your protein. We're ready to go. Uh, it's episode 263, and I'm so excited to be joined by none other than writer, producer, co-host of the podcast you might know her from, and of course, OG of the AG, who you recently heard on the special live episode if you're a patreon ag welcome back to the people's people's couch you helped create damian bellino well hello funny seeing you here (laughs) (laughs) can i call you erica today because that's how your name translates in italian so (laughs) is that i was like is that real i literally have i mean i assume it is real because i i assume it is real only in that mary googled it and then it was or or a producer googled it for mary but i was like that it was news to me and i thought it was such a funny specific because it was like whitney is whitney and she was like my name doesn't translate and then it was like heather is erica because it also doesn't translate and i was like okay I mean, in Hebrew school, we were told our Hebrew names, and I always felt like I got screwed, which I absolutely did because Sarah in Hebrew is Sarah. So there would be oh, like yeah. Susie, but your Hebrew name is like blah, 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 which is like super cool and fun and fabulous. And then it's like Sarah, and your Hebrew name is Sarah, which is like the dumbest. That's not fun. Like, I want a fun name. So if. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a Heather Erica moment. It makes literally no sense. Yeah, mine. But it's my Italian name is like my name in Italian is Damiano, so it's just my name with oh, an O that. at the end of it. And um, and I always was like annoyed that it wasn't something cooler. But now I think I think that's kind of funny and cool. 
Wait, what is Sarah in Italian? I'm going to Google that I think that it's probably quick. like Sada. Sarah. <laughs> well, sadly, sadly, it's probably like Sada. But it might actually. Sarah in Italian or is Serafina. Sarah without an H. I was going to say it may also like be like Serafina, but that might be Stephanie. I don't know. I actually don't know that much about any of this, but. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that they right, like are Sada. doing like, me like this. It's like Sada Ramirez. I, she's not Italian, but it's like that's how you would like Italian. Oh, it would be like Sada, okay. Sada Gali. <laughs> I do have. <laughs> I do like that. Like one of my very good friends is Sicilian, and she calls me Golly. And it's like for a number of years, I was like, should I tell her that's not actually? But the thing is that that is the correct pronunciation is Golly um, in Italian, I think. And I'm just fucking it up as an American. Yeah, it's just a funny way that all of that stuff gets. And at a certain point, you're like, that's not how my name is. And it's like, well, it is, but also like, you know. I also I think about the Judice Judice what Judice like how they mm-hmm. don't know and I mean that's I feel like that's par for the course but also like they've changed it so many times like they don't aren't consistent it's fascinating. I love that there are different forms of reinvention on Housewives. Sometimes it's like Melissa, I'm looking for the sister that we both know I don't have, and then Teresa is like, I'm changing how to say my name. I know, and I just love that journey. I've never done a rewatch of Jersey because I feel like it's one of those series that, like, when it's good, I love it or I like it. Like when it's good, I enjoy watching it, but when it's like not good, I find it deeply dark and and like I can't stand it. Mm. And so I've never gone back as like to rewatch any episodes to find them comforting. But I would be interested to see to follow the journey of the surname and see how it plays out. Also, the journey of Andy being genuinely, understandably confused every time they're on Watch What Happens. And Teresa would correct him to a new pronunciation that no one on earth had ever heard before in relation to her last name. And he was like, how is this different from six months ago? I feel like that was probably her emotionally, verbally and you know, abusive husband and his side of the family, like correcting her every time they saw her to be like, why are you saying our name like that? And she was probably like, okay, I'll fix it next time. I'm going to tell Andy. And then Joe be like, my mom said like, stop trying like butchering our name on TV. I mean, I'm sure that you're right. But also Judice is like extremely different from (laughs) Judice. Like, that's not the same name. Yeah. What, what's the third one? There's Judice, Judice, and... Judice and Judice. I don't even know how I say it at this point. Like, it's like Lindsay Lohan, Lohan. Like, I think I just say both oh. versions, you know? Like, I don't think I ever think about it. I just think whatever version is in my head comes out. Wait, I thought it was Lindsay Lohan. I think that is correct, but there was, like, a time when it was also, like, people were calling her Lohan. Um... I'm just saying. Was that Dina? Was Dina confused? I, I don't know if it was like, it was at the height of sort of like height of her fame post her real fame. You know what I mean? It was like when she was infamous and she was trying to have a comeback. Anyway, welcome to Andy's Can Girls. I, <laughs> welcome to Andy's Girls. Can we just stay on this sidebar for one second? Oh, and Andy yeah. did like a promo tour for his new book, the new new book, not the most recent new book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and he said something along the lines of, and it was like a very PR response, which no problem, whatever. But he was like, yeah, Lindsay's not involved in Housewives of Juvai, but we'd love to have her. And I was thinking, like, would we? I know that you have to say that, but, like, would we? I would be into her, like, being sort of, like, a presence, like, a guest. You know what I mean? Like, she hosts a party, and, like, Caroline Stanbury pretends, like, that she knows her, and that, that she goes to, like, an event at Lindsay's, like, uh, Dubai, like, beach club one night. I don't need her to be, mm-hmm. like, a cast member, because I feel like... Um, I think that she, I don't know. I didn't watch, I watched like maybe the first episode of her own reality show, but I feel like she tried to be like the Lisa Vanderpump of that show. I think that she still, 
probably thinks and maybe in some circles does have like enough real life celebrity cachet that she doesn't want to have to like be doing the like working for a reality check. Do you know what I mean? So she thinks she's above it. And I feel like that's not going to be like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch a C-list celebrity be on a reality show and then not put in the work. Like at least Lisa Rinna showed up for her first season. Mm -hmm. I think she was the first actress like Super, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know sort of like yeah. working act apologies to kyle but yeah. yeah um and she like showed up and did the job you know what i mean i feel like that's like i don't want an actor to come on and then be like i've been hearing some rumors I, i'm sure that they're not really substantiated it's probably on a producer's wish list and like someone told somebody who told peach sticks but i saw a list where it was like vanessa williams and sherry shepherd were both like on somebody's dream list for new housewives of new york and I was like, I love the idea of Vanessa Williams being on Housewives of New York because she's beautiful. She probably has is real, has real money, and she's like, I love her. But also, like, she's not going to do it. And if she did, she would be boring because she wouldn't ever be doing the thing that she needed to do. You know, Sherry Shepard oh might, God, I, but I'm less into her um, as a on Housewives of New York. I would. I mean, Vanessa, I would feel terribly. God forbid. It would just be, she's not deserve, she doesn't deserve I don't to think be she needs to that. do it either. She's like a she bona, she's a bona she star and she it. has money of her own, but then right. also she was married to Rick Fox. So, like, she doesn't need money. Yeah. She's okay. And the, the Lindsay of it all, it's just, she's so dark and like, people keep trying to reinvent her this is her moment she's putting out a single but she's not she's doing this thing but she's not she's starring in a movie but the I movie know. is a complete disaster and it's super dark and sad and troubled like I don't think we need that I also think it would be incredibly hypocritical or disingenuous to just throw her a fucking whatever the symbol is gonna be for knowing rumors about you know the life that she's living now which is entirely up to her knowing how that has been um a no-go for other people you know becoming full-time like those same kind of rumors the fact that what do you mean I, I'm, not, I'm sorry I'm, I'm a little confused just kind of like how Lindsay is living her life which is entirely up to her and I'm not trying to like shame her in any way but just the explanation of how she is affording to live in Dubai oh, right now in relation with whatever path she is taking in her career yeah and so I just think it would be uh, and I know it's a different deal because she's a celebrity whatever whatever I just think I don't know how you would get around talking about that I think it would be real dark real quick because it just yeah seems I... super dark yeah, I, I like I like was always rooting for Lindsay and I feel like at this point like I'm not not rooting for her, but I don't know that I need her to be on my television, you know. I feel like it's a little dark and sad and feel badly for her, but also I don't need to give her a platform to like implode. Right. Um speaking of platforms, listen, this is a platform for us to discuss or whatever. Wait, what and episode do... is it? Did you say? I feel like it's like episode two hundred and seventy seven. 263 <gasps> I was so close I was really pulling an a, a number out of my ass but I can't believe you're that close <laughs> to 300 episodes that's amazing you're amazing I know I me so much so are you I know I remember for 250 I I literally said it out loud and then I looked at Dylan Hafer and I was like oh I feel like that's I, ne I never thought about it. I just thought about it's the episode after 249. So I feel like maybe I should do something for 300. Is that a big deal? I think I guess? it's for sure a big deal. I mean, I think every milestone can be celebrated however you want it to be. It could just be having mm. a new guest, having a favorite guest, having me, having yourself, mm. just yourself um, or whatever. Mm. Having a housewife, having Cindy Barshop, you know. 
I'm going to think about it. I'm going to reflect on that. AGs, if you have any suggestions for AG300, please slide into my whatevers. Um, Damien, listen, there's a lot for us to discuss. <sighs> I mean, part one of Potomac. <laughs> part one of Potomac, Salt Lake City, the ending of which I just have to say shout out bravotv.com, which stalled four times the last minute of the episode which I watched live but when I was trying to rewatch it I was like oh my god you've got to be kidding me um and also the ending of BH what is calling to you what what to you has stolen your heart a little bit and hopefully not tens of millions of dollars (laughs) um well I mean I thought the end of BH kind of felt anticlimactic but Hmm. uh like, I feel like I was, like, not ready for it to be done. I felt like it was not as... I don't know. I think... I wish that they had saved some of the Erica, like, that drill... That, like, drilling session. But that's not... Doesn't sound correct. Like, the session where Andy is hammering her. That's what I'm trying to say. Hammering yeah. her in the trailer. I wish that they had saved mm-hmm. some of that so I could have seen some of that for the first time in the... Because it had been teased for the whole time. And then it was all mm-hmm. in this final episode. I think I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he asked all the questions that I pretty much all the questions I wanted answered. Um, I felt like the show did a disservice to Sutton by not addressing that she asked production about the ways in which they could be held accountable Mm. or whatever, Mm -hmm. how they could be culpable involved in this case. And that they told her to like, that's a great question. We don't really know. Why don't you call a meeting with the women? And I feel like it was all pinned on Sutton and the other women were happy to hang her out to dry. And I feel like we like because of the LA Times interview that she did, I knew that. And so I was just kept waiting for it to come out. Also, I thought there was there was word that like Erica threatened Sutton, but it didn't make the episode at the dinner. Mm-hmm. Kathy is like she like muttered something that didn't make the cut. Threatened her family, allegedly. Oh, OK. Yeah. And so that did come out then, I guess, because um Sutton did say that, and I, I, but I didn't realize that was like the threat that didn't make the final, the Kathy episode. I, I see. Okay. Yeah. There's an upcoming EG episode that you guys are going to fucking love. Um, that was a very, very, very deep dive of the Erica Jane of it all. And that's what it's a panel app, and one of the guests discussed that, which I actually was kind of surprised by because I don't remember. I don't remember it. I don't but I think because it didn't make the cut, right? Like it didn't make the final right. episode, but I thought the show didn't make it seem like I didn't realize that was the first time we were hearing about it. I thought I just forgot about it. I mean, she mentioned it in press. Yeah. Sutton she mentioned, mentioned on Watch it What Happens up, Live, I think like leading up to it. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Cause I didn't know what she was referencing or like referring to. Same. So yeah, I felt okay. Like, I feel like I, I am excited by BH still, but we'll be interested to see the women just still feel, I think, when you think about the ways in which Bever- um, Potomac just started, and we can watch yeah. the way this, the women are divided, yet still can have fun together as an ensemble. Mm-hmm. When I watch Beverly Hills, I just still feel like nobody is divided. I, Garcelle and Sutton sort of as the exception, especially Sutton because she called out Erica. But there's still this like idea that they all need to be friends and that everyone's afraid of Erica. And I wish that... I don't know. I, I wish that we had gotten more into where Erica stood with Kyle and Dorit because I feel like it was teased that they were like on the outs, but then mm. it all seemed hunky dory 
in the final episode where it was like, dear, we know we we're not once against you. And it was like, it was just like everybody was assuring Erica that even though they're asking questions, they still support her and think she's a great friend. And like, I wish there was someone in that cast who would say like, I don't fucking like you because I think that even though you made it, we didn't know anything. You just keep digging your heels in and think you're mm-hmm. right and think you're the victim. And rather than having one moment to just say like, I'm sorry that you folks have been wrapped up in this. Like she's acting like she's doing us a favor by honoring her contract on a reality show. When the truth is like, she needs the show. So stop acting like an asshole. And the fact that all these women are willing to, I don't know, sort of eat shit for her because they don't want to divide their ensemble is annoying to me. And I think that Sutton is definitely like low man on the totem pole within the group. And I think Garcelle is like one above her. I don't think either of them have the cachet to like really divide. I feel like the other one will just continue on. I feel like it needs to be one of the, I don't want to say that stupid click name, but it needs to be one of them that turns on her and is like, I don't want to fuck with Erica anymore. I think she's duplicitous. Or I think that the way she handled this, like no one envies her position, but wow, she really like, she really mis misread the room. And I think that that is what is, what was really frustrating about watching it is just, it feels like Erica doesn't know how to read the room. And what I like about watching Erica sort of like the downfall of Erica, if that's mm-hmm. fair to say is that she has always acted like she's so above the show and, like, too cool for it, which is, like, what we liked about her initially. It was, like, this is a really fucking rich woman who is, like, trying to, like, break out from her niche dance career and wants to be on this mm-hmm. show. But she has real fucking money. She doesn't need to be on this show. And that was – and then her second season came, and I will never forget that confessional where she was, like, I don't really hang out with bitches. I really hang out with queens. And I was, like, oh, cool. You're homophobic, and you don't like women. And then she just became worse and worse and worse. Oh and now we're seeing like, oh, Erica needs this. Like Erica actually needs this show and needs this money and needs this job, but she's still acting like an asshole. And I just wish there was like a level of, like Teresa came back and there was a level, I think, of humility there in that like she just like, fucking served time. She knew the show was centered around her and was waiting for her. I don't know. Maybe she maybe she had better PR team to tell her like you just served time. You can't come back and act like a fucking asshole. But Erica's just being such a dickhead and it's just like I want other women to be like I don't even care what you knew or didn't know you're just acting like an asshole like read the room yeah I feel like that's such a good point and there's a sense of reading the room and then also a sense of like we're all supposed to believe that when you are prostrating yourselves at the feet of Erica Jane you're doing so because you so fervently want your relationship to continue and survive and god forbid thrive but for what like why are we believing would you aside from the show which is such an unfair question to pose because I don't know who would be friends in this group but aside from the show like what is the reason that you are and because you're afraid of being humiliated or threatened by her that you are sort of throwing yourselves at her feet I mean the fact that Kyle and Dorit went repeatedly were apologizing on behalf of their husbands when we all know in the audience for many of us that was the best scene of the entire season I mean they were truly letting themselves be open it's why Kyle and Dorit were turning away from the camera to stop laughing because they were like I'm going to get in trouble for this but it's genuinely really funny the way that these our husbands are talking about this because the situation is insane and 
people are pretending that it's not, even though Erica knows it is. That's why she performs her reveals in a certain way because it gives the reaction all the more weight and drama. She knows what she's doing. And so there is the question of like, why are you fighting for this so hard aside from the construct of this reality TV show where you don't want to be Sutton? And it reminds me a little bit of what's going on in Salt Lake City with Whitney and Mary, which is like, Okay, if you know she's like maybe a monster in her church, but you are carrying on your friendship for the purpose of the show, I honestly get that. But if this woman is texting you saying how unattractive you are and you're really old and you're whatever else because you said you called her back and she didn't see it or whatever happened, like why are you then throwing yourself at her, telling her how much you love her? and allowing her to shit on you. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Okay. I mean, there are no stakes here. I'm in, I don't I'm think in, that there are stakes. I'm interested. Okay, I think I agree. There's totally no stakes with either scenario. And that's like Beverly Hill. I just have concern for the following season. If like the Erica stuff is, you know, still a story or it's B story. Mm. Like I need there to be dynamics with the women that are not just those four women that are super tight and the other two women or three women are like sort of tight with Mm -hmm. them, but also a little bit on the outside. It needs to change. Like it needs to. And I just don't feel optimistic based on the way the reunion wrapped. When it Mm -hmm. comes to Salt Lake City, I also agree that there are no stakes, but I really, you know, this episode was sort of touted as, and now Andy's saying next week's episode is the top five of all time housewives, but like Mm -hmm. this week was supposed to be one of the best ever. So I... Um, I, I need him to chill with his PR. Um, but I thought the episode itself was like, I was really into the beginning. I was into Heather taking her niece out and hearing about like the mm. church dynamic. I thought that was fascinating. And I was like, oh, maybe this episode is going to be great. And then I was into Mary's kooky, like t- her talking about the, k- the cooking class and it making no sense. And, and it was in- actually into Jen Shaw showing up on like a Vespa with the Italian flag. Mm-hmm. Like it was into all of this. And I was like, oh, this, I'm, t- I'm on, I'm on board with Andy. Then the dinner happened and the whole conflict with Whitney happened. And I was like, are they all wasted? And then it was like, I could not understand Mary's logic. And it starts to feel dark because it's like, I just don't know that Mary's mm-hmm. okay. And I, this is like with, this is like aside from allegations about her church or rumors about her church. It's like her honestly, like, is she okay? It feels like sometimes this used to happen on old school reality shows. And I think it still does. I think that like Sonia Morgan is sometimes an example. I don't want to, you know, I don't think that she's as extreme as Mary, but like you wonder if it's like an equal playing field when you're watching someone like Bethany berate Sonia and it just feels Mm -hmm. like an, it doesn't feel equal. And I feel like watching Whitney and Mary, I was like, what is Mary's logic? And also, why is it so maddening to Whitney? And then it came back from a coronational break, and I was like, okay, Whitney's definitely wasted because she was, like, crying, and she was like, I love you. And I was like, she's wasted, so maybe that justifies why she is so, like, trying to defend Mary, like, trying to, like, negotiate with herself why she should try to, like, not, I don't know, turn on Mary. I was just so baffled by the her reaction to Mary because Mary's argument seemed so unsound and but 
Okay, so that's part one. But part two, okay. Mary was also mm-hmm. saying, I called you like four or five times on FaceTime and you didn't recall me back. And Whitney kept being like, I was carpooling. I was carpooling. And I was, and Mary was like, all day. And Whitney just kept being like, I was with my kids. And I was like, is this a conversation about production? Like, did, did Whitney already know the deal? And she was like, oh, Mary called me four times, but I already know call time tomorrow, so I don't need to have this conversation. Like, it felt so confusing. And then and Whitney said in her confessional that, Mary, she did call Mary back and Mary didn't pick mm-hmm. up, but Mary said that Winnie never called her back. And I was like, this is just a dumb argument. Like there's no stakes. It feels like it's a conversation that is about something that we're not actually talking about. Mary seems so mad for no reason. And Whitney seems really invested in this friendship for, I think to your point, just for the show, which is like, there's no stakes there. Like it doesn't, no one cares. They don't have real history. Yeah, I don't think Whitney was, I could be completely wrong about this, but it didn't feel to me at all like Whitney was like intoxicated and that was fueling it. I think she was like drunk with emotion. I think it. she looked like she had cried off all of her makeup at some point in between walking away and Meredith and her talking. She looked like she had a different face. That's just genuinely, it looked like she had, had been she looked wasted having to me. a moment. Like her face oh, when she said, I love you. I seemed, see that at also, all. I love you. Seemed so, she was like, I love you, Mary. And I was like, what? Why do you love her? She's being awful to you. And like, again, if it was like any other of the dy- dynamics of that show, maybe I would like if it was Lisa and Heather arguing and it was like, I love you. Like, I need you to listen to me. Or if it was Jen and Heather, I would say like, OK, but this dynamic, it's like you guys met on the show. Mary's barely was barely on the last season. So the idea that you're like, I love you. Listen to me. It's like, what is the argument about that? You didn't call her back. Just apologize. To be like, sorry, I didn't. Or say I did. But they, that never happened in the moment. It happened in the confessional. Or say, I'm so sorry, but also you hurt my feelings yesterday when you essentially texted me and told me to die, which like isn't literally what she said. But why didn't that? Like, right. why is she saying that in her confessional? It just all seems a little bit like a little off to me to say like well if she said mm-hmm. that stuff wouldn't you say like mary i did call you back and then you sent you berated me in text messages so like i don't know what you're mad about right now but but that didn't happen it was like i love you and i've been on your side more than any of these women and it was like okay so you're like holding on to ammo but you're not actually addressing what like the conflict is between the two of you which apparently is this facetime call yeah also the energy between erica jane and mary and the circumstances Mm. are are obviously extremely different but it is fascinating that in both cases when one of these women is berating another everyone at the table is quiet and with beverly hills i think it's because they didn't want Erica to come at them and in Salt Lake City maybe it's the same too or maybe it's because all of and maybe in both cases all of these women just honestly know that the person attacking is wrong like the sense of quiet even Heather was just like let's let this run its court everybody I think Jen was nervous about it everybody was like she it obviously does not make sense so let's just sort of wait until this is done I think it it, the, it reminds me of when Sonia will get like so drunk and we'll talk about like John John or whatever and like scream mm. and the women just sort of like check out like I felt like nobody knew I guess except Meredith how to get through to Mary and I don't think Mary mm. was drunk I just think that Mary is operating on a different like I don't even think that Mary's strategic, which I was talking to a friend who was like, I think Mary's like tr- working so hard for the camera, like that argument about no, Google. No, like, no the, the, it's the like, opposite of like that. Like when she tried to pick a fight with Lisa about like what, like about her Googling something. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was rooted in her trying to be strategic to pick a fight. I think that Mary gets defensive 
And I think Lisa's super patronizing and thinks she's producing the show. So I think that it was like Mary feeling defensive because I think that's where she maybe comes from. And I think Lisa, you know, thinking she's smart and a producer and like being like, what are you talking about? I Googled it. It's not a real thing. It's not a fight. Um, So I don't think that Mary in any way is being strategic. I just think that she's maybe not okay. And I feel complicated by watching her. Because I find her to be a fair, fascinating character study, but feel complicated watching her. Also, the complications are just going to continue, especially with this whole Karen thing, not Karen thing, Cameron thing and everything else. It's just it's going to get more complicated. And the 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 f- uh, fracture between who Mary is on TV and who she is IRL and the reasons that she says things in a way that doesn't make sense but is probably consistent with Mary off camera knowing her off camera life seems incredibly dark i mean it's it's just it's a very complicated path and then it's like wow the things that she's saying are funny like there are things that she not everything but there are the ways that she responds to stuff which do seem to me incredibly honest regardless of how I feel about them it's coming to me from a place of honesty because that just is Mary doesn't to me necessarily understand the housewives game but she does understand people and it doesn't mean I agree with what she texted to Whitney but there are ways that I look at her I do think that Mary is being incredibly honest regardless of whether or not I agree with what she's saying and I don't know what is behind that honesty or 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 what but it I don't know that Mary necessarily understands how the ways that housewives is run and that might be a really positive attribute that we are watching someone who has no interest in playing the game or understanding that it is a game at the end of the way end of the day and that is an incredibly unique characteristic and I think that's probably consistent with how she maybe lives her life like for better or worse so there is that I just don't know how to navigate Mary generally I don't know if this makes any sense no I honestly think it makes I mean it makes perfect sense to me and I also think it's a really fascinating point because I think that something that like these these shows always have is x amount of women are sort of subjects in a docuseries right Mm -hmm. so you have people like Ramona and Sonia and Luann who sub who uh, like allow themselves to be taken over by the process and they are characters. And I think the longer people are in the, this, the machine, they become less um, like they become more aware of the cameras. And so it's harder for them to be subjects. Uh, but I think people mm-hmm. like Bethany were always a little bit like the audience looking outward. Um, I think Carol and Heather Thompson to an extent were that as well on New York. I think Nini was a person who was, was a subject who then became too aware so I think that mm. that's what all of these series hopefully have is a mixture of people that are characters and Salt Lake's um, uh, characters and like maybe one or two people that are the quote unquote Greek chorus. Mm-hmm. For me, Salt Lake City, I'm struggling with a little bit because I feel like Mary is the only subject. Like she's the only person to me that is sort of like a character. Maybe Jen Shaw as well, I guess. But um, she's hyper aware of the cameras, but I don't think that. Like, she's also a character. But I feel like Heather and Whitney and Lisa and Meredith all seem so aware of the cameras and all seem so aware of how they're navigating the show that 
I feel weird about what's to come with Mary. Sort of se- like separate of that, but also in addition to that. I feel weird about it because it's like a bunch of non-black women are going to come for this black woman's church. We're also talking about the Mormon church. Like religion to me is a very complicated and cult-like thing in general. This is my opinion. Um, so I know nothing about the the rumors of Mary's church and I'm like totally can get on board with believing there is truth to them or there's some truth to them. But I feel like the optics of what we're about to watch is like a person who's sort of delusional being attacked for something that also the optics of like, this is like four white women and, you know, two Asian women attacking this black woman's church and her, she's going to accuse them of racism. And it's like, like, we know that's all coming. And I just feel like that is making me feel a little anxious about what's to come with Mary and watching. Sorry. I totally, no, 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 don't never apologize. Are you kidding? I totally hear you on that and in many ways agree. I also think if we're going to continue the idea, the aspect of like, what was it? Characters versus subjects. Mm -hmm. There is something incredibly fascinating about the fact this it's unbelievable that cameras were there when Homeland Security. Mm. It is actually unbelievable. I watched it the first time I watched it live with everybody, with the rest of the world. And I never thought like, how does the moment work when the police and like whomever else was there, federal folk, when they show up, how does that literally work? And to know that we are inside of the van and we see Homeland Security arrive and we know what's coming before the women, honestly, chills times a million. I I agree with Andy without having seen next week's episode. I do believe if he's saying it's one of the because I believe that this will be one of the best. Ep- I genuinely do believe that it will. But when it comes to subjects and objects, the fact that the women in the van are Jenny, Whitney, Heather, and Lisa. Uh, I don't know about Jenny because she's so new to the cast in this world, but the other three are three who you said are hyper aware of the cameras. Talk about a loss of control and losing the narrative and sense of story. These yeah, women. Good point. I'm sure you had an idea of like what games you were playing and like the, you know, sassy, I don't know, connect four checkers, like whatever fucking penis headband thing you were going to do that was going to be kind of shtick on the van and you're going to be in the van for several hours. And like you're thinking of and what's the trip going to be like? And then Homeland Security shows up and they're like, hey, where's that member of your cast who just told you that her husband is critically ill. Oh, I mean, I have to say it's, it's actually wild. It flips everything on its head in a way that is different from Beverly Hills, because we really didn't get to see the women really honestly, genuinely react to finding out Erica was divorced and react to the news of Tom. We are watching this moment. It is one of the realest things that we have ever seen. And to watch these women purely gutturally react to this, not from a place of thinking about how it's going to look on camera, but just think about it from the sense of like, oh my God, like the FBI is here and maybe the NYPD and what is HS, Homeland Security, what's the I stand Oh, investigators, I guess. HSI stand for, like whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
and do they have guns and why are they asking about gen- you cannot get and production doesn't know what's going around going on you can't get around from how real that is it's it's stunning in the sense that we actually have Jen looking at the camera and I think that opens up a fucking shit show of possibilities I was not to say I was like charmed by this episode but I was entranced I was entranced by the last 10 minutes I was the last 10 minutes were fascinating and I think um Lisa Barlow was on watch what happens live and said and Andy was saying how next week's episode is like top five housewives episode of all time and Mm -hmm. she was like oh is this one we're on the bus and he said yeah and she was like, wow. I mean, she was like, that is just like the most honest emotion. He said the episode takes place over the course of like eight to seven to nine hours. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel like, to your point, I think that like when we're talking about franchises like New York, even though I do think that most like Ramona Countess and Sonia all are still subjects in the documentary. But I think that New mm. York, um, Atlanta, OC, like we're seeing these OG franchises struggle because the women are becoming too savvy and so they don't like the shows are like how do we reboot because like we need people that are also are accepting the process and not trying to control the process and i think Mm. that you're right like seeing those women who i think were are a little too savvy and like it's a little gross to me when a housewife becomes a housewife and it's like and it's a dream come true i've been a fan for 12 years and i'm like oh stop like i need you to be a little bit like disconnected from reality so watching them all Totally. You don't agree. You're giving me I'm a giving cop- eyes. Yeah, like I don't that's not fun. I think that's the reality. Housewives is a huge part of that pop didn't culture Karen Huger and, and, and Giselle Bryant are not like trying to emulate Bravoholics. They're not trying to emulate past Bravo behavior the way that Heather Gay and Jen Shaw are like students and like Whitney like want to be they want to be iconic. And I feel like Giselle and Karen like are characters that producers found for a weird show that were like, actually this should be a housewife show because they fit this. I don't, not to totally sidebar and divert what you're saying, which I think is really great, but I don't think that's what Heather was doing last season. I think the reason so many people fell in love with her was because she was maybe reacting like a viewer in the sense that she was reacting in a way that felt honest in her confessionals last season. Like that felt, that didn't feel like a bad thing. It is a bad thing to me. Like to me, she is not likable because she's like, it came true. She's like Anne Hathaway. Like that is not appealing to me. Oh my God. That is the meanest thing that you can ever say about someone is that they <laughs> I love, Anne Hath- Anne I love Anne Hathaway. I love Anne Hathaway. Oh, she's a trigger for me. I love her. I, I love her, her now. Is I, the meanest thing. I love her I've now. Ever my I love her now. But when anytime anyone else is drinking their own Kool Aid, it is like gross to me. And so I just think the Salt Lake City ladies are a little feeling themselves too much, and it's like not fun to watch. So I think watching them next week be like shaken is going to be fun. But yeah, Heather being like, I like had a picture of Andy on my Instagram in like 2014 and like I'm obsessed with this. It's like not, that's like, to me, that's not cool. You know, it's like, it's like a little Why try. Why do they need to be cool? It's try hard. To, like, I mean, it doesn't. Why is that a bad thing? It might be honest. Honesty doesn't mean that it like is entertaining or like it's thirsty. Like she, they wanted it so bad. And then that to me, that is like, it's desperate. And to me, that's Wait, what? like, I think people, I think that people love Heather Gay. Like, I don't think she needs me as a fan, but I think that she's just like a tryhard. Like, I think she wants so badly. And then she found out she was the fan favorite and it's like, oh, it's worse. Okay. This isn't going to make any sense, but how is that different from like Bethany visualizing being a success in business? Like, how is that a bad thing to be like, I really want this to because come Because Bethany wanted success and used the show as a platform for that. And then she became a monster. Heather Gay wanted to be a housewife and, like, be famous and got that and was like, it came true. And, like, to me, that's like, oh, just keep that to yourself. (laughs) I get it. You're saying people, like, think that's cool and aspirational and realistic. But to me, that's, like, kind of like, oh, 
okay? Like, the, you weren't a fascinating character that producers found. You were somebody that wanted this. Like, and that's, like, not cool to me. Heather Gay being excommunicated or whatever from the Mormon church and her storyline and the fact that she built a multi-million dollar business isn't aspirational because she also watches Housewives. I don't get that. Well, I didn't say that she was. Look at like MJ on Shaw's. MJ on Shaw's is a I don't don't watch Shaw's, but I don't. Well, take my word for it. She's very problematic like as as a person with her instincts sometimes and how she responds to friendships, but is also a loud and proud Bravo-holic. And it's fascinating to watch that watch her talk about Bravo I love shows. watching people talk about being a Bravo fan on Watch What Happens Live and like have opinions about housewives especially when it's people from that are not how, like, other housewives but like I don't want to watch somebody talk about like how badly they wanted to be a housewife like that is not to me like I don't think I don't think you need to convince me because I think Heather has a high Q rating and that's why she's the center of snowflake and like people love her so but I and I didn't say she's not aspirational I just think that like she's kind of like thirsty and that's not interesting to me like watching somebody want the, that this so much but isn't there a difference between someone being desperate to be on housewives and watching how that maybe angie a little bit is an example of that of someone or someone who changes their behavior because i mean season five like maybe the twins of jersey can, you can say that but like and trying to adjust you know being becoming seeming desperate on camera for this you're creating stuff a difference between that and, and genuinely loving housewives not thinking it would ever happen to you because you live in salt lake city and then it happens and you're like i didn't I don't think I think they maybe dreamed of being housewives in the sense that a lot of people dream of being on a certain Bravo show it doesn't mean that it's uh, I don't see that as a negative attribute because I don't I don't see how they I don't see their behavior their first season as being like we're trying really hard it seemed like people who were having a fucking ton of fun and couldn't believe that this was happening to them I don't see that as a bad thing I really don't I'm trying to understand you I really I mean I don't need you to understand me like I I feel like people love her (laughs) and Heather posting photos of Andy and being like I posted a photo of you and now it's like I'm here and I like that's to me it's just like play it cool like you made it like you did it like you have all these fans like we don't like I just feel like a little bit it is a try hard it's like ordering three Rubens like we get it like Heather loves to order now it's like she knew that people loved that from her first season and now she's like leaning into that so hard in the second season be like can we get the 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 fluffle waffle Falafel, we didn't waffle. even see a fucking thing like what the fuck why even keep it in the fucking edit yeah I mean that is this my struggle with Salt Lake City is just like they're all a little bit hyper aware of the cameras and all trying to be I mean, Lisa Barlow is doing the same thing. It's like they all are just so aggressive. It's so aggressive. Sidebar, what does a falafel waffle taste like? Why would I ever want my falafel to be sweet? I don't think it – well, my assumption – I mean, I don't know. But I would – It's I like think, a savory I, I think waffle, it was just a, isn't it? No, I think it was just a falafel mix in a waffle maker so that it was going to be like – you know, rather oh, than be I like hate balls. that more. That was my understanding based on what the waiter or the server said, but I don't know for sure. That was a real missed opportunity that we didn't actually get to see the experience. Yeah, so it was very strange to make it a whole thing that they talked about and then not, um, and then not show us the thing. Um, listen, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think that there's it's okay a way if to you talk don't. about. It's okay if you don't. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to be like mean to Heather. It's just like, she's not my girl. I mean, none of the salt, like Mary is, Meredith is my girl. Mary, I'm rooting for her to be okay, but nobody else, like the rest of them are like too much. I mean, the interesting thing about Meredith is that she is trying to navigate this. I do think that she doesn't agree with what Mary is saying, but when she speaks to Mary, it does feel like she's speaking to her and not at her or for everyone, for the benefit of everyone else. And 
regardless of how you feel about Mary, I think that does show a lot of positive attributes about Meredith. And the fact that Mary tried to sort of come at her a little bit when she's like, you didn't hear my side, Mm -hmm. which honestly in the moment I was like, she's not wrong in that sense of like walking away to Mary isn't wrong in that moment. But then Meredith turned to her and was like, I actually did turn to you. I asked you, you shot me down. So I went to see, you know, like if I could support Whitney and the way that Mary received that because she trusts Meredith. I, she immediately was like, I'm sorry. I don't remember it. And I was in the moment. And that was actually a great moment for that was probably, I mean, certainly the most optimistic moment of that Italian lunch um, (laughs) or whatever it was. Um, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think that's I think we're sort of we're de- we definitely have a, a difference of opinion on the um, aspiration of it all uh, versus maybe delivery or impact or whatever that is. But I think that there is going to be an enormous value and interest in next week, aside from the actual aftermath of the arrest due to the literal aftermath of the uh, arrest in the eyes of people who only have one season behind them, you could argue are the least prepared of any franchise mm. to deal with this as a result. And watching how it's sort of a reset. Honestly, like this is the kind of stuff that, you know, you wish almost happened on like New York or Atlanta to watch people like Kenya have to figure out how to be like, you can't be savvy when you're literally ha- facing something that you've never faced before. You know, like it's just, like these, I'm excited to watch them all be genuinely themselves. I feel like Lisa Barlow also. They talked about how she was like calling her lawyers yes, in next week's I'm episode or that. something. So I'm excited to see that too because I feel like that also like is a great sort of callback to what happened on Beverly Hills, which is like, right? What is what with what's happening with my quote unquote friend, aka coworker, and two, am I okay? Like, am I okay for being on this show? Because beyond like it being, how can I be held? accountable or uh you know be called to i don't know testify whatever it's mm-hmm. also like i'm a business quote I, a lot of these people are like i'm a business person a businesswoman i'm a brand you know does it cheapen your brand to be on a show with people that are accused of embezzling money f- or married to people that embezzled money or were scamming elderly folks you know like i think that some people are you know happy to have the platform and happy to like assert who they are over that and other people might not want to be on the show so I think it would be fascinating to watch it I feel like Lisa Barlow is somebody who's going to be like uh this isn't what I want to be associated with because I'm like a businesswoman with my tequila but she also is like she's going to stay on the show for sure you know I mean the interesting thing about Lisa Barlow is there is an element of what she's producing for the camera which does seem to include the Mary of it all in different ways and also the fact that she was so fucking I kept thinking during the live app, what I rewatched, what would I, what would I understand in the moment? And I genuinely think I would be closer to Heather than Lisa. I have been in incredibly high stress situations where I have to medically or safety wise or whatever, I have to like calibrate and troubleshoot really quickly. And I have been able to adapt, but I honestly think in that moment from like a arrest perspective never having knock on phone dealt with that I don't know if I would have understood as quickly as Lisa what was going on like I still would have thought that coach had 
internal bleeding, maybe past the point, certainly past the point that Lisa got it. But her understanding of the fact that she had just been lied to by this person who was like maybe running from the police or whatever was going on. And also her understanding that like, yeah, I'm going to call the assistant because that makes sense. But obviously it is a bad idea to call Jen directly. Like the fact that she got this stuff says a lot about her. And the fact that she shot it down so quickly as a guttural response was smart. And the fact that on Watch What Happened, she's like, of fucking course I'm calling lawyers. Why wouldn't, what moron wouldn't, she didn't say it like this, but like I'm saying it like this, wouldn't want to get legal counsel when you find out while filming that one of your cast members is being sought by Homeland Security, obviously I'm going to try to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't, I guess Heather, unfortunately, for those that love her, and and unfortunately maybe for everybody, because it makes me annoyed by it, like that she's really going to like double down on her friendship with Jen. But I'd be interested Mm. to see how the other women navigate that. I mean, I feel like Whitney has nothing invested in, and like Whitney and Mary and Meredith are not invested in friendships with Lisa um with Jen Shaw but I'd be interested to see like if Lisa Barlow abandons her because of like protecting Mm. her brand and protecting her character or if she doubles down on like we're great friends the interesting thing about the Heather thing to me isn't just that she defends Jen where you could argue okay your friend is going through crisis you're still trying to figure out what's going on it's possible that she's innocent or that regardless I am not going to judge her because I'm going to leave that to the court and like the victims to try to get recourse for this criminal act that has been done against them there is that conversation which you can have and I don't know what I would do in that situation I think I would honestly knowing the kind of crime that was committed I don't know it depends on how I think of this person but knowing what they went through last season I would probably be like skadoodle Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't know but there's a difference here because Heather explicitly said on watch what happens that she has known for a while that Jen's business practices are unsavory which to me it just doesn't make sense I don't know I get that she thought her business practices were unsavory and because it was really confusing she just kind of let it be I get that I'm not judging her for that but to know that it seemed bad and then you find out from like the government that spoiler alert it was really bad and probably a significant amount worse than the term unsavory and that's the person you're going that is a weird moment that I think she's or a weird it's just a strange environment and I would think that will be a huge part of the reunion because I think she will want to walk it back or not I just don't understand the reasoning I don't it's like I don't know why I feel the need to be like but I'm not judging like what what literally Sarah let's talk about that process in your head a little bit but like and also why you're talking in third person but I I just there's something about it where I'm like ma'am what's the standard of friendship it's we don't we want we're okay with our friends like ripping off older people through the i know it's not computer yada i don't know i don't and you're defending you want to be a good friend to her because she literally shit on you repeatedly last season and said incredibly emotionally manipulative things in order to detract from her own poor behavior and 
I, I don't think Jen's having a bad season, but Mike, I mean, you know, she's about to get arrested by the, you know, so like define bad. I know but- when she showed up on that little Vespa in her with Italian flag, I was like, wow, Jen Shaw is like not annoying me at all. Like last season, I felt like she's she, not annoying me at all. This yeah. season, Last season, she was mm-hmm. so aggressively, I thought, performative for the cameras in ways that the other women were not then. Um, mm-hmm, and now, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm like, oh, Annoying. she like, she like took the note and like, a good season. Yeah. She like took mm-hmm. the note and toned it back a little bit. Like she's still, I think that mm-hmm. some of that is just who she is, but she was like not doing the most and like, I don't know. Um, so also shout outs to her good friends too. Who's oh. always there for her. I know he, he was did probably, so much for the business. He was also probably he did literally so much for the business, literally being arrested while Lisa Barlow was calling him probably. Um, oh my God, he was because he would do it at the same time, right? I would, they I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume. I mean, I don't really know, but I would assume. <laughs> Double so. the cast, like how does that work? To make sure that there are enough officers or whatever. So while we're talking oh about God. this, like uh, the the idea of sort of like characters or subjects uh-huh. versus I don't know what we're gonna like producing Potomac. Yeah, like tell me. Um, I have like I thought the reunion. I have thoughts. <laughs> Um, did, what, did you think it was deserve? do you think it, do you feel like it's deserving of four parts? Well, I mean, I feel like it's hard to say because we haven't seen it yet. I mean, from my, like, perspective, the, it would have been three parts and it's four parts because they got Nicki Minaj to come and when you get an A-list celebrity who asked to host a part of your reunion, you let them do, like, you produce a different show with them. So she's going to do the last part or maybe the third part where she's going to wrap, she's going to basically ask her version of all the questions that Asky, Andy asks in ways that he probably won't and can't. Um, mm. And then, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like love this season of Potomac for the most part. And I feel like it's always held to like an unfair standard where people are like, I can't with Potomac. It's dark or whatever. And it's like, I just like love it. And I feel like these women, it's funny. And I feel like it's the way that for me, people will praise like season six of like Housewives of New York or Beverly Hills, but then be like, Atlanta's not my show. And I'm like, how? How do you want to watch one show that's like mostly fun, but then also all of the women are also giving you vulnerability. Also, they all are totally fine to fight, but then also know when to like go back and sit at the reunion and like be like and be an ensemble. Whereas like I want to watch these like, I don't know. I, I just feel like Potomac doesn't get a fair shake. Yeah, I mean, I don't know with Atlanta specifically. I, I don't know what to say about that. I, I mean, Atlanta is an iconic show. So it's like if you don't watch it, you're missing out. But when it comes to Potomac. It's the best one, right? I mean, with the exception of maybe Beverly Hills. But it's like, to me, it is. I feel like I should be saying that. I just am kind of. I, if you asked me what I was more excited to watch last night, separate from Succession, the best show ever of all time, I would be like Salt Lake City. And if you asked me what I want to talk about on Andy's Girls, if I could only pick one of the three franchises currently on air, it would be without a doubt Beverly Hills until the end of time. I'm nowhere near done talking about this past season. Um and Potomac, I'm like, it, there's so many fun moments, and I just feel like I should be more excited by the reunion. And I'm just honestly, it's the third thing I'm most excited about right now. I'm so much more intrigued by the Jen Shaw double app next season than like Potomac Part Two. I, I don't, I don't know. Potomac Part One, I was like. Well, you know, it's nice that everyone in the cast and Andy are all seeing what some people in the audience, definitely not everyone, but what some people are seeing that's like 
Candace is going too far and she she is equating incredibly triggering and uh offensive um uh ways of exacting revenge as orating and has no interest in understanding the fact that Things are going to continue to happen with her and get escalated because, as Andy said, she's the common denominator. Like, I really appreciated the fact that Karen's going to talk about it in another part of the reunion and that Giselle did on this one. Like, there are things that happened where I was relieved to see it, relieved to see that it felt like I was it felt like I didn't feel like I was being gaslit in any way. It felt like these women and I were on the same page that what Candace is doing is very different and very wrong and not the kind of like responses and wit that Karen and Giselle give. Like there is no comparison between what Karen and Giselle can do and what Candace is doing, because what Candace is doing is it crosses all the worst lines and it does create environments that are incredibly dark. It just does. So like there was an aspect of that that I appreciated, but I, I can't say I was like super excited watching it. I just thought there were so many interesting dynamics at play. Um, I mean, I think the Mia, the ways in which Mia is, I don't know, um, the subject struggling. of... Say that again? Struggling? I don't think Mia's struggling. I know you're, like, not a fan. I think, I, like, love Mia's energy. I think it is so weird and not... <laughs> it is really And weird. it's, like, opposite of every other woman on that show. And I honestly <laughs> feel like the reaction to Mia by the women and maybe by some viewers but certainly by the women is like a little bit classist like there was so much of mm. conversation about her clitoris and the surgeries and like Wendy was like it was not a mommy makeover and it's like Wendy we watched two episodes where all you talked about was your plastic surgery so like you trying to like condescend and say like to act like it was not a mommy makeover because like you wouldn't have to get it like it's like it's all just weird it's like slut shaming it is uh like it's just it's it, it that's what it is it's it's condescending and then the ways in which they talk about the strip club, like as like such a long thing. It's like, again, they are, they are just like dragging her for her background, which is coming from quote unquote rags to, to going to quote unquote riches, which like whatever that means. But like, I just feel like she is not, she, she puts a premium on money and being like a bad, like a quote unquote, like bad bitch, but she does not put a premium on being quote unquote classy the way the rest of the Potomac cast does. And to me, mm. that makes her really interesting. But I think for the women on the show and for some viewers, they view that as like, they think it's trashy. And I think that like, to me, like that is what makes she, her interesting because she's not like everybody else. But I think that to watch like an hour of them trying to like poke holes in her story about like whether she had like a vaginoplasty or a clitoroplasty or whatever and her being like I got a lot done and then being like but why it was like who cares like this is so invasive and also we're like the woman who's one of the women who's on the end of the sofa being so condescending about it like just got a full like a bunch of tweaks and things and like she didn't even get into all the details she got a breast implants and me and maybe some other like boops and and bumps and things and I just <laughs> I don't know I like I find that frustrating I found that frustrating the ways in which they're like trying to you know being a first-time housewife on a on a cast of people who are not also rookies but then also with a cast like Potomac where everyone is sort of firing in all cylinders at least in like the wit quickness I feel like it has to be a really hard job, and I felt like they were really trying to, like, I don't know. I thought they were really trying to come for her. I mean, the, when Wendy 
one, Wendy told her to shut up. And it was like, the whole point of the reunion is to talk. Like, I, the whole point of the reunion is for everyone to say their opinion. Shut up is in some, the way some people are raised is like, so, it's like so offensive. So the way that Wendy just like said it, like, Wendy is not on my good side right now. Also, Wendy and Candace, be, Candace being like, if your mom relapses, that's not on me. And Wendy being like, yeah, I wanted to speak up on that too. That's not fair. And it's like, first of all, Mia was responding to an honest moment in the show. It wasn't like she said that in the conf- in her confessional. She said in an honest moment on the show, after Candace said, like, and if your mama relapses, whatever, whatever, then she on her reaction was, if my mom relapses, like, it's on that bitch, whatever, whatever. So, like, to be at the reunion and be like, that wasn't fair to put that on Candace. It's like, Candace is a bad person, and Mia had an honest reaction to that. So... I don't know. I don't. I don't even like love Mia, but watching her last night and watching the ways in which those women were so gunning for her so hard, I was like, "This is so fascinating." There's a lot of that I agree with. I just don't know for the Mia of it all. For maybe you're gonna. I don't know that you're gonna love this, but like maybe for the reasons that you don't die for Heather and Whitney, I sort of don't die for Mia when it comes to like some of this being a little too self-aware and a little too gleeful about being on the show like most obviously to me with the Giselle text where I was like this Mm -hmm. just feels so outside of a not like normal response but outside the scope of like the stakes here you're like you're responding in a way that just feels sort of outlandish and maybe a little bit performative but obviously with everything else that you're saying I totally agree and I also felt like well with a lot of the stuff that you're saying I definitely agree and the way that Wendy and Candace were scoffing at this woman who has experienced the painful aftermath of addiction from the perspective of the person who is not the addict, but the child of that, who was, didn't she say she had to go to foster care? Yeah, she was in the foster care system. And you're Mm -hmm. telling her that it's ridiculous to say that if her mom relapses because of terrible triggering things that Candace has said, I mean, I don't I'm not going to go anywhere near that except to say that Candace has said very triggering things to me as someone with who's lived with a disordered eating for the vast majority of my life, including my childhood, who I absolutely was deeply affected by it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And it was due to her behavior. Like she is a dark, bad spirit who's actions has con- have consequences if she doesn't want to take responsibility of them it's not to say that Mia's mom isn't responsible for how she responds to things yeah, I feel like course. there's a more eloquent way of saying that but the reality is that if you say to someone um your life is worthless yada yada and that person takes that to heart and does something some form of reaction that isn't healthy or something else as a way to cope with that Yeah, you need to take responsibility for the fact that your behavior is monstrous and affects people. People have the right to be affected by someone being a twat. Like, twat is not a good enough word. It's like not not insulting enough. It's vicious and it's it's vicious and it's cruel. She's a vicious person. She's she's so cruel and her unwilling her thinking that her cruelty is a form of art is actually insane. And it's wild to me that people want to detract from this conversation by being like it's the same thing as everything else and she's funny and the reality is like Candace is really funny totally. Candace talked about 
what's his face? Um, Michael Rappaport going on Wendy Williams and she called him like a melting dingleberry. Now I have to tell you the nuance and the craft that went into calling someone a dingleberry is hilarious. I laughed my ass off. That is the kind of Candace that I want to see. The kind of Candace who goes for the worst parts of a person or the way that a person views themselves the worst or the most unsafe ways that a person can respond in their own life and tries to, I know this is your favorite word guys, but just fucking deal with it. Mm -hmm. Weaponize that against them is it's really dark and it's dangerous. And if we're, I, I just don't like the idea that people are, that people respond to it by saying this is normal and this is what everyone else does because you need to listen to the people on the couch. Everybody on that couch, I don't know how Wendy is going to react to this, but everybody else on that couch who have actually PS filmed the show and know more about the experience of filming it than we do are telling us it's not normal and they want it to stop. And if Candace won't listen to them, I hope that viewers do, which I don't want Candace to be fired from the show. I think that there's an idea of like cancel culture. I'm not, I at least in the sense that I'm not asking for it. I'm not saying Candace needs to be fired. What I am saying is it's very dark that she continues to celebrate this behavior and is refusing to take accountability for it and mocks the idea that she should. It's just, it's outside of the reality of what's going on regardless of how her relationship with her mom factors into it and whatever she has had to survive in her life. Totally. It's just very dark. And I'm at least appreciative that other people are are saying that it is what it is. I agree. And like I'm not I agree that she's funny and beautiful and really quick and all of those things make for a fa- and it has an interesting like home life, mother, all of that makes for an interesting housewife. I'm not calling for her to be fired, but I think to your earlier, like when I asked, when I brought up Potomac and you were like, oh, I don't even care. Like it's whatever. Well, I think it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with this, yes, to be honest. Yes. And I'm I, being honest. Yes, it's just yes. it's very dark for me personally. Totally. It's and, hard to. And I yeah. think that that is, it's, you know, a little bit sort of similar to Mary and I guess to be determined mm-hmm. how I'll feel about that in the coming episodes for Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. But it feels like darkness and like the nuance of, like people like Mia having been in foster care and having parents that were addict and one died of um, AIDS, you know, like that is reality and that is real and that is dark, but it doesn't mean that she can't be silly and like cuss at her husband and be like, where's your pant? Where's your hoe or whatever, whatever she said, like people can contain multitudes and I don't need everyone to Mm -hmm. be not have, everyone's going to have darkness. Mm -hmm. But I do think if somebody is always a dark cloud or is always the common denominator when there is darkness, I'm not saying she needs to be fired, but I just, and this isn't a literal reference, but like the types of people who point fingers in someone's face and say, fucking hit me. And then are the first people to try to get someone fired when they get hit are like the worst kind of people on in life and also on reality TV. Like you can't scream at someone in the face and tell them they're a piece of shit and their mom's going to fucking relapse and die or tell someone to fucking punch you. And then you get hit and then you literally cry that you are that like you're that you can't be mad that my mouth is slick you know like i'm not i'm not condoning violence but i'm saying figuratively like you can't be mad i mean i do mean violence but i'm trying to be diplomatic for your podcast i think guys i think we're all emotionally mature enough to say what andy was saying which is you cannot be surprised when you trigger someone into reacting in a way that could be physical we need to stop pretending that it is shocking and insane that candace could put herself in a continued 
conditions that she might not love, which will include physical response. It's insane to suggest otherwise. I remember insane. I remember when I watched, I was watching it. It was like the, one of my early seasons of like being obsessively housewives watching opposed to sort of casual mm -hmm. was, this, was mm -hmm. the season where Kenya put a megaphone up to Portia's ear and oh, called her tough. a slut. And then she attacked tough, her. Tough, tough. And then tough, as tough, she, tough. Portia was on the floor and all the other women who could empathize with being like, you're broke, get it together, mm -hmm. get it together. And Kenya was like, you're going to get fired. You're going to get fired. I was livid. I, me and my ex at the time, he was like, well, Portia should get fired. Like she, um, like she, like she attacked, like you shouldn't be physical. And I was like, if someone put a megaphone into my ear and called me a fucking uh -huh. whore or a slut, uh -huh. you better believe that I would get a reaction. I might not get physical. I might. But I might not. But it, I might get. But physical. my reaction would be my reaction, and <laughs> yeah. the idea that, that that you are protected because like it's a zero policy of whatever. So anyway, point is, I'm not saying the candidate should be fired, but I do think if we're talking about why Potomac, you know, has gotten dark the last two seasons, because I feel like there have been top tier episodes. I mean, the episode where Karen got vaccinated and Giselle decided to have a party in a fucking parking lot, like, was an excellent episode of Housewives. Like, so top tier, hilarious. But I agree that the darkness is often coming from Candace Dillard Bassett. Um, and I don't need, I, I know that you mostly probably agree with that sentiment. So I don't want to belabor the point about Potomac. I just, I have to say, of course, I agree with you. Spoiler alert. And I also have to say, I really appreciated Andy in that moment, totally. which is like, how is that working out for you is such a genius way to say, you keep saying you're doing this thing and it's great. And it shows how talented you are. How is that working out for you? And the fact that everyone throughout the rest of the reunion, seemingly, and I assume Nicki Minaj is going to, to echo this as well. It's, this isn't, it's not. The, the answer is it's not. It's not a talent. If it is a talent, you need to deal with the fact that instead of applause, you're going to get something else. And the common denominator, denominator in this is Candace. She does provoke people. And then her reaction to say like, I don't essentially, how dare you say I deserve to get hit, which is an incredibly manipulative response totally. that I absolutely believe that she believes. <laughs> totally, she the does. The fact that Candace, she does. And the fact that she believes it doesn't mean it's true. And it doesn't mean that that's a good enough answer. And what's frustrating, what was frustrating to me in that moment, I, I do wish, and this is me as someone, you know, backseat driver watching from my fucking couch. Like the fact that, she, the fact that it, that we didn't say literally because it's so fucking obvious, but the fact that we didn't say literally like body shaming is never okay is a little annoying to me, except that at one point Giselle, I think it was Giselle, Giselle or Karen, when she says to Ashley, like your big head or face or whatever, one of them says, I think it's Giselle was like, why can't you just say like face? Like, why do you have to say, which is essentially the end of the story here and, and the reality is I want that moment just for myself for someone to say that out loud but I know having said that to Candace directly she doesn't care she she always thinks that it's okay she does not care to understand why and she to say that she's immature is like we need a new definition of a word to suit her because it's She's a she's I don't know how else to say it except to say she, she's like an inherently bad seed and I can empathize with her and try to unpack her because that's the purpose of Andy's girls and similar to Chris Bassett like holding on to anger for someone 
doesn't help anyone. It actually hurts myself. I would rather, as he wanted to do, like sort of agree to disagree and walk forward with Michael Darby because there's nothing good that can happen to me holding on to toxic anger. But she doesn't get that. So it's like I want to understand and process her because it's helpful for me. But at the end of the day, like, it's just not okay. I'm just appreciative that other people get it. And some people don't. And that's because of their own stuff. Like you, there might be a reason that people connect with Candace and want to apologize or defend her behavior. And they have the right to, they really honestly do. It just sucks because this stuff, eating disorders are very, very dangerous and life-threatening and they're given short thrift and people think that it's not what it is. And it's just, it's, 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 I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. That's why I wanted to end. And I I think, and I think that some of that stuff that you're talking about with Candace, like is what makes her the way that she reacts, the dynamics that existed with her mom and maybe her father also that we haven't seen. Like those are what made her the way, like those are what to bring it back to our theme of this episode. It's like, those are the things that make her a fascinating character study, but it's also Mm. sometimes like, hard to keep watching the same type of behavior it's we've watched this happen with other people on other shows that are other also fascinating but also like their addiction or alcoholism or grief or whatever they are processing sometimes it's just like it's one note and that might sound dismissive of a person's um holistic character but we're also watching a television show and so to watch one note over and over again and no, not see growth or evolution or the or pull, peeling back any of the that for an understanding of the why I'm getting X reaction is not f- entertaining. And again, this is a show first and foremost, you know. Also, you're not entitled to be on multiple seasons of a show. You can just leave if like, you know what I mean? So I'm not calling for her to be canceled, but I do think it's worth mentioning that like the darkness is the call is coming from within the inside the house. Can I make one other observation about the reunion and then I'll stop talking about Potomac to you? Yes. And then so we, I want to circle back to Oh, this. no, no, no. Then tell me your thing first. Um, how it's just an, it's something that just occurred to me while you were talking, which is and it sort of inspired me to think this way. Like it is it's not that it's wild, but how can a person expect Candace to take responsibility. This is the me stepping outside of it and empathy and yada, yada. How realistically, realistically, not philosophically, but realistically, not psychologically, but realistically, how can a person expect Candace to take responsibility for her behavior when she is unable to hold her mother to account? Because there is a way that this is passed generation to generation. Mm-hmm. There's a way that when you grow up in certain environments, people talk about how that sometimes is echoed through uh, subconsciously through the way that you choose your partner. You know, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a continuation of very unhealthy, toxic cycles. And we are watching her break down talking about her in-laws, which P.S. I don't know I had ever considered before and is a devastating idea. The fact that you as a parent are watching your child as Chris's parents or family, whomever, the fact that you might be watching your in-law, you know, the mother of your daughter-in-law just malign and maliciously try to hurt and make fun of your child on television is going to affect the cheer at Thanksgiving dinner. So 
the fact that she is dealing with that and is essentially crying out and asking her mom to stop and saying that her relationship will never be the same, knowing that the only person who can really change their behavior is her mother who is getting joy out of hurting her child. Because when she hurts Chris, she hurts Candace. That is very dark. So when we talk about Candace wanting, needing, requiring Candace to take responsibility for her own behavior, I think it's helpful for us also not excusing any of it, but to also acknowledge the ways that she is struck down or does not, obviously, I mean, figuratively, does not, is not able to or hasn't received that same accountability from her parent. So maybe that has a little bit to do with why she's so unwilling to accept it from others. You know, I just, I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I think it's a really very, very uh, something, very something. Yeah, I know. I keep saying dark. It's the new drinking game word, but I mean, it just feels dark and sad and yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say about the reunion? So this is a totally different point that I just thought was love. Totally different. Was just interesting to me. And I saw some, critique of it online which made me even more interested Mm. in it which was like the way that Andy tried to hold Giselle accountable about like the what is true about your relationship with Jamal and I do think that Giselle maybe because she's like a pleasure to work with and you know they know that she is icon legend star like got gets a little (laughs) bit of a pass in regards to like the holes in her story with Jamal. It's like she was like making up when they broke up. Like we watched her be like, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe end of November after the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe middle of January. And Wendy was like, that's not even real or whatever. And Andy kind of just like, <laughs> and then Andy was like, Oh my God. That's not even real. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Like, yeah. And I, so I thought that was interesting, but then I saw some critique of like, and one is also with Robin's point, which is like, why can't, because Andy was like, did you cry when you like when he broke up with you? And mm-hmm. she was like, I don't cry, really. And then Candace and Robin were both like, well, why can't folks understand that like different people, you know, grieve and process things differently? And she doesn't need to be vulnerable the way that you expect her to be vulnerable, which like I think mm-hmm. is a valid point. But I think that folks, myself included, I'm like, I am folks, want to see Joselle's vulnerability in relation to Jamal. Giselle's? Giselle, wait, what did I say? Giselle. I was very confused for a second. Okay, yeah, Giselle's vulnerability. Giselle's in vulnerability Jamal. in relation to her relationship with Jamal, so that we believe that it was real. Because I think otherwise it was for reality TV. And Monique was right. And like Monique got, I think, kind of dogged out in the way the reunion positioned her and edited her last season to look like doing too much, had the binder, was like going below the belt. Robin was like, really, we're doing this? But are we not, is this not a reality show? Like if you're performing for the cameras and doing too much, then we should be calling that out. And I think that if Giselle is making up storyline and like is pretending to date her, the father of her children, to me, I either want her to admit that or I want her to, I want to see her be vulnerable. And I guess I can accept that people look are vulnerable in different ways. I don't know that I need her to cry, but it wouldn't be nice if she felt like she had a timeline for when they broke up. And like she, and then they were like, he released a video about how it was all for TV. And she was like, well, I didn't take that as he wasn't in a relationship. And it's like, Giselle, I love you, but you're not doing a great job at, like, positioning yourself as being a person who's being honest about this particular part of your life. Do you have thoughts? 
I mean, I'm so glad you brought this up because I it's it was very cringe to watch it and then rewatch it because I couldn't stop thinking she tried to excuse the timeline confusion at a certain point by saying we weren't exclusive. Mm-hmm. And my gut instinct reaction to that is like, OK, if you have decided to try to date your ex-husband, noting that the biggest reason seemingly for your breakup was like a loss of, uh, you know, not great communication, but uh, really the fact that he was deeply unfaithful to you, you don't want to establish boundaries for that I don't think that Giselle changed in the way that she was like yeah I don't think that we should be exclusive uh person I was married to who I got divorced from because they were unfaithful why would you want to establish an open it didn't seem like she was interested in an open relationship from what we saw on camera and also it didn't make sense with what she was talking to her kids about when it comes to like you deserve more Because what everyone is talking about is the fact that he has cheated on her and is maybe doing it again. So to say, well, we we had a different kind of arrangement, which is new information for everyone. It just it doesn't track specifically with what she's talked about with her daughters. And it was very confusing. I was also very uncomfortable for her because I couldn't believe she hadn't thought about this. I know. Maybe she thought because Monique wasn't on there was no binder that like she was okay and could breeze over it. But like, ma'am, like, you know who Dr. Wendy is. Why would you think that she wouldn't come prepared? And also, you know, that social media has a huge point in this and that Jamal is a huge part of this because you told us he was, you told us that this was a thing that was happening, how you haven't worked out, what to do about it, I don't know. But, like, maybe she just made a bad investment and she doesn't know how to recover. Maybe she just thought this is a thing that can work for the show, which I really still don't understand because her kids were involved. I, I don't know what to think about it except to think, like, it's very uncomfortable watching her try to say that three plus seven is 12 right because we all know and she knows that it's not so like literally what's happened this is not the thing to go down for like you're so much better than this yeah I couldn't I I couldn't agree more and I I agree that she's she's better than Jamal and she's also better than having to perform a relationship for the show also he was like barely on the show so it's just like such an interesting thing that she chose to do because he was on like one episode maybe two um Mm -hmm. and yeah her kids were involved which is what like that is the thing that you know I mean I know everybody has everything is a little bit contrived or produced or whatever because it's a show and then you have like a production schedule but I have to believe when kids are involved I'm always like okay so there has to be some truth to this, right? But maybe right. not. Maybe they had an honest conversation with their kids about, like, this is, like, a move for the family, for, like, dad's church and mom's reality career. Like, this is, like, the thing we're doing. We're just keeping it casual. Like, it, it'll be more time for us as a family. I don't know, but I just don't – her response hasn't helped. Like, she hasn't helped her case because she hasn't been like, you know what? It was humiliating last season with Monique, and we, like, broke up – and I, you know, like, I can't believe I gave him a second chance. Like, she's, like, still being proud. And I that's why I took, take issue with folks that are defending, like, she doesn't need to be vulnerable the way you want her to be. It's like, well, I just want to believe that the situation was true because I think that she's a fascinating 
I don't think she's a subject. I think she's more of like a producer, but I think that she's like a great mm-hmm. character on TV. Um, and I want better for her. Like I want her to produce herself better. If she's going to be too in on it, I need her to like, if she's going to be in on it, then do a better job, like defend your position. I, I think it, it absolutely can be perceived as an unfair question to say, like, did you cry? But I also think that people want to know that because she comes off mm-hmm. and has discussed this and her kids have talked about it, too, that she doesn't express or refuses to allow herself to be vulnerable and the ways that she sort of expects it or discusses it in relation to other women in that cast obviously Dr. Wendy with an eye on production it then doesn't seem fair to people including Dr. Wendy when there are moments in which she's not being held to account for things that are going on in her life or you know you want to talk about something that maybe has no basis in reality but is very real with very big stakes when it comes to my relationship with my husband and like look at what you're doing like your stuff isn't even real like there's a way to discuss that when it comes to like why don't why didn't you cry I mean it's such an odd question but I also understand it it's like I don't want to judge her for processing things differently but I do also want to acknowledge that it's something her children have discussed, like understandably so, because they're saying we have never seen a quote unquote normal relationship because through the the lens of our parents marriage, you know, like that's some really tough, significant stuff. And it makes I just feel a lot of different shit about that. I don't. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer to it just in the sense of like, should this be discussed in a certain way? It's just very complicated. Yeah. I, I, for me, um, as a viewer, it's not the question. I, I understand like, you know, did you cry and trying to sort of choose a signifier that like matches folks expectations of like what it means to like experience loss or be sad or or grief or be angry or whatever it is like we don't need you to cry and to add, to demand that of someone but i i for me it's like about wanting to see a sign that it was real so if she wants to be like you know proud and strategic and you know like strong woman and not show any chinks in her armor because that's not who she is and that's not how she processes cool but then have answers like if you're able to explain the relationship don't sort of say like i don't know because like how do you not know you Mm. know like you should know i think that it's like erica saying we're not going to talk about it's snowing it's like why and like why is that a thing that we're just going to like you're going to be like i don't know we're not going to talk about it skokie dokie we're moving on jadelle doesn't know anything about when she broke up with her like she can't literally say like we broke up after thanksgiving or we broke up after the reunion you know like and i was hurt by that video and, like, yeah, I'm not going to cry here, but, like, yeah, of course it pissed me off. Like, how dare he make me look like an idiot on television, you know? I don't know. Is there, is there any way it was re- – like, uh, was that, like, incredibly gullible of me to be like, is there any way I don't know. Real? I mean, I'm totally on the same page as you. Like, there's a part of me that believes it's real because her kids were involved. But I also feel like Jamal has said it wasn't, and it seemed like it wasn't. So, like, why am I believing Giselle, who's not doing a good job, saying it was real, you know? I just think – I want the show to do a better job of selling me the story. You know, like if Kenya was accused of for years of, of like producing mm. story. So was Sonia. Mm-hmm. Sonia has been accused of like having, like saying she had boyfriends or dating somebody. And it was like, that's not real. Like Ramona would be like, that's not real. <laughs> like, you know, it's like that. I just need people. And I guess that is happening. I guess the other women are calling her out, but it's like, it's Wendy or Monique, people that are like total adversaries of Giselle rather mm. than like the group being like, like Ramona's, us, uh, you know theoretically is 
Sonia's best ally. So when she's like, that's not real. I love her, but she's lying. Like that feels real opposed to your biggest enemy being like your relationship's fucking fake he's it lives in your phone like you know what i mean like i want giselle i want robin to be like giselle just tell them tell them it was fake <laughs> tell them you're really hurt and we'll move on i don't know folks listeners sarah's sarah's making like a disgusted face at giselle uh giselle and jamal but then it's like oh you're frozen i mean like not to belabor the point but um, let's belabor the point, uh, with the Giselle, I mean, it, she never seemed like she liked him. It always felt like strained effort. So even when she said like, I'm dating somebody, but I'm not going to tell you guys about it. I honestly assumed that it wasn't real and nobody was there. And the fact that Wendy was like, I know someone who's a broadcaster as she, or a, whatever the, the phrase correspondent or not correspondent, another phrase. I know someone who works in media in whatever way who said that he did, dated Giselle, AKA she's not lying. Like there is someone that I know, which was a shock to me. I kind of assumed that when she said there's a mystery person, but I'm not going to talk about it. I assumed that that person didn't exist. So I was like, oh, go Giselle. You're telling the truth. Like this is surprising. Like, but great, great. I don't honestly even care just for the purposes of this, who that person is. I'm just so appreciative that you're not directly lying to me about a relationship in the sense of like it exists. Um, so, you know, there's, there's stuff going on there. Yeah, I, I, I know. I totally agree. And yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where Giselle goes from here. I will say that Giselle and Karen as a duo have managed to keep the end, like the energy of, for me at least, the energy of their like frenemy ship so fun still and like know how to do the show in a way that um you know it feels like sort of prime new york and atlanta days in the ways in which their dynamic um i don't know for me like keeps like going like they're able to like fight Mm. but also able to respect that like they have history and then there's a friendship i think that that is for me what makes potomac so wonderful is like the history that exists between karen giselle robin I don't know. Bring bring back Sharice. And I feel like Ashley at this point, too, has been with them for like seven, six, seven years now. So, yeah. I mean, I really think Ashley is like the connective thread for oh, the show. She's so good at the so show. Much. She's, so, she's g- so good at the show. And talk about like someone who's the sacrifice, the vulnerability, the everything. Else. The worst thing about Ashley is her husband. And like still we get to see him on rare occasion right now currently which thank god and not rare occasion i guess rare occasion really when it comes to group events but um she is i think just since she's been on the show a total mvp which god bless her for it listen damie bellino i could talk to you forever i'm so appreciative for this episode i'm so appreciative for how you killed it at AG Live, which guys, if you haven't listened to the full app, it's 90 minutes of this. And we talk about Kyle and Kim um, repeatedly. So just to get a sense of our energy (laughs) during the live show, you can listen to that episode on the AG Patreon um, in full, exclusively on the AG Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. And speaking of the AG Patreon, 
Sasgiving, the very first, uh, not, well, I guess of this holiday season, because I've done it several times before, but um, OG of the AG level and People's People's Couch level, Patreon Zoom Kiki, a one hour chance for you guys to connect with each other. Every time we've done this, we've done it a couple times prior. It's been a great success. And, um, you know, obviously I'm there. So you get to ask me whatever the fuck you want, but also we talk about whatever you want. Um, so that is a zoom key key that is exclusive to Patreon supporters at the OG of the AG and people's people's couch levels. And, um, all of the info zoom info RSVP will be sent out to people on those levels this coming week. It's certainly not too late to sign up or level up because the event itself is going to be on Saturday, November 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to join us for that blessed event and also get exclusive bonus episodes and all of the uh, fun diamonds and rosé level accoutrement that comes from being a Patreon supporter, go for it. Um, Damien, what's going on with you might know her from? What can people expect from some upcoming episodes, some episodes that have come up? Happy 100th episode, by the way. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Um, A very big deal. Thank you. Um, You know how much work a podcast is um, we just celebrated mm-hmm. 100 episode we celebrated our 100th episode with Amy Brenneman and you might know her from The Leftovers oh. or Private Practice or Judging Amy oh or NYPD Judging Blue Amy's everything um, and you know we've also interviewed people you know that are actors that are in the Housewives universe like Eileen Davidson or Demetria McKinney we've also interviewed mm. Margaret Cho and Kathleen Turner and Anne Heche and Kimberly Elise and Mary Kay Place and just like oodles and oodles of great um, actors so please check us out wherever you listen to um, podcasts and um, I hope you like it I love that also Amy Brown judging Amy is oh my god I didn't know you were obs- I was obsessed with it I was, I mean, time daily, mm. the whole, the relationship between the two of, and also it was based on her life, yeah, on Amy's life. Yeah, and her mom being a, a Connecticut judge. It's so excellent. So excellent. So guys, if you want a new show, a new old show to watch <laughs> that I think I remember being really, really great. And she's also just a genuinely very interesting person and performer that's um definitely an app and a show to support um damien did you say where people can follow you on social oh you can find me wherever you follow people at damien bellino i'm damien with an a Love that. And uh, Instagram at Dame Galley. I'm going to do, I have a little holiday giveaway coming up. Um, so if you're not following me on Instagram, you probably should. It's also where I get all of your satchels of gold, your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things housewifery, which for the last long time I've been unpacking on Patreon episodes because honestly, they have been so spectacular and many of them are long form, which is my personal favorite kind to receive. So that's really the place to do so. Otherwise, these episodes would be three hours long instead of 90 minutes. And we, you know, like to keep it a little tight and right over here. As I mentioned before, there's a panel up coming up that I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy when it comes to uh, a very, very deep dive into all things Erica Jane with some Andy thrown in too. Um, yeah, very interesting conversation. Anyway, in the meantime, I hope you are all staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye! Thank you.